Economic illiterates of the world unite. It's time for episode 98 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, the astonishing Anthony Samroff, and him, the rather oh. mediocre. <laughs> yeah, somewhat uh, Tom Laird. Um, what the fuck is going on in this? People are oh, crying out loud. Good start. Right, thank you to <laughs> Joanne and Gabriel. I always do the most professional intros and Tam always has to what? ruin them invariably. We have got interesting things to talk about today. You, Not many people know this, but we have the, um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the largest arts, theatre, comedy, media, all of that kind of gay artsy shit. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, we were off to a controversial start. Um, it's on. It's the it biggest is. festival in the world. Tell them mm. a little bit about the Edinburgh Fringe. Well, the Fringe uh, started years ago, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 30 years ago, maybe, as a, an addendum, as a response. A, as to. a fringe, basically. It was, there was the Edinburgh Festival, which was the high, high end arts, yeah, Edinburgh International Arts Festival, which was opera. Uh, classical music, film, still uh, running, still running, still goes on. That's that's I mean that's the, where the real talent is, <laughs> and uh, around that grew what was known as the Fringe Festival. So like all sorts of artists, com- comedians uh, descended on the place and started to uh, do acts and do plays and do comedy in smaller venues, and it was cheaper and it was more populist. So it grew, and now. I would say that the Fringe is as big, if not even bigger, than the main festival. It's itself. bigger. Yeah. And it surpasses, I mean, <coughs> the Fringe programme, the Edinburgh International Festival programme is a me- measly this size, whereas the actual Fringe Festival programme, you like get some drum roll and stuff like that. Yeah. Go I'll keep the drum rolling while you're effing about. Look at the size of that programme. Yeah. Look at the size of how many acts are involved in the Fringe Festival. Yeah. Nowadays, um, comedy takes up the main part of it. And uh, the cover, designed by uh, a friend of mine, actually, well, a, a friend of mine's niece, done the, the artwork for the cover of it. So Some of you are going to be wondering what this has got to do with liberty or libertarianism. Well, we're going to don't get there. shut off because we're, we're going to get there. Um, but I, I live in Edinburgh. I've lived in Edinburgh for 12 years and in the festival and fringe is a bit of a pain in the arse if you actually live here because, well, other than the fact that the pubs are open a lot later, which is a good thing, it's almost 24 hour uh, Some places drinking. put the beer up. Yeah, prices go up, price of accommodation goes up, price of food goes up, price of beer goes up, and the town is awash. The size of the population in Edinburgh probably increases about five times at least the size of the normal population so it's hard to you know if you're trying to get to work in the morning or even get back from work you've got to wade through crowds of tourist fuckwits uh, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a pain in the arse and you've got all sorts of people in the streets you've got jugglers um acrobats fire eaters um mime artists and i used to think the lowest form the bottom of the food chain of street entertainment, I used to think, was mime artists. But now you've got people dressed as Yoda on fucking plinths, right? That's an act, apparently. I mean, like, even statues, I can see, okay, the guy's dressed up as a statue, he looks like a statue, he stands still. I can see there's maybe some sort of modem of talent there. 
But buying a fucking Yoda mask and a, a, a cape and standing on a, one of those plinths, who doesn't know what's going on there anymore? Oh, it's sorcery. Look, they're floating three feet off the ground, you know. Um, I, I want to kill those people. But anyway, so that's the Edinburgh Fringe so, Festival. So, if and a street performer dies this year, or indeed next year, you know who the likely suspect is. Yeah, if a, if a tree falls in the forest and kills a mime, does anybody care? <laughs> so, and the answer to that is... <laughs> only those who are watching on YouTube will get the joke, not yeah. those uh, listening to this yeah. later on iTunes. So, interesting. Right. We came across this thing called Fair Fringe. It's a campaign. Fair now, deal for the a fair fringe. A fair deal. A fair deal for fringe workers. Now, whether you're tuning in because you're interested in the Edinburgh Fringe or you're interested in our usual show, if you are in America and know nothing about the fringe and don't care about the fringe, right, this right, will still be of interest to you because. Um, <clears throat> this is about economics and the claims of this uh, Fair Fringe campaign mirror the sort of claims that people make about economics and, and, employment, in and employment in general. And we are going to talk a little bit about that and break it down, much like a hip-hop DJ might mm. break it down, yep. um, but not really anything like a hip-hop DJ breaks it down because... Uh, I mean a completely different usage of the term, quite frankly. But yeah, wondered why you mentioned it even, <laughs> as I'm sure many of our listeners will be as well. Just to keep it light and yeah, okay. entertaining. All right. So uh, we just lost the viewer. Perfect. Brilliant. Well, go fuck yourself. So <laughs> oh, yeah, you came back. Yeah. Just showed you. It was a woman as well. Yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> fairfringe.org if you want to follow along if you want to open it up in another tab Eric Mama, fair... hey, sorry hey, yeah. hey Eric Mama hey Mama, it's that shit hey, that makes Mama. you Mama that's a uh, black eyed peas <laughs> black eyed peas we're not high, honestly we're not, right? this is just what we're generally this is like we, this is a shit <laughs> that's we why do. we don't need yeah. to someone click the laughing emoticon so clearly we've done something right okay. a fair deal for fringe workers a campaign to improve the wages and working conditions of French staff alongside the people who work it. Well, who wouldn't want that, Tom? Who wouldn't want... Would you not want French exactly. workers to have higher wages and no. better working conditions? No, I want people to die in the street. I'm a libertarian. Right. Well, I mean, everyone wants everyone to have higher wages and better working conditions. But at what? And more importantly, whose? Well, expense. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't want the guy who comes and cleans my windows to have a higher wage in living conditions <laughs> because that would mean I would have to pay him more for doing my windows. You know, so or indeed, maybe you won't be able to afford to get your windows cleaned. Then you'll have to bloody <laughs> yeah. well. And then I'll have yourself. to do them myself. Yes, and so also, that. if enough people are in that position of having to do it themselves, that poor window cleaner, Daniel Fraser, will be. <laughs> <laughs> that's an end joke that's an end joke for yeah. anyone who's a libertarian in Scotland okay yeah. <laughs> or indeed Daniel Fraser who's a fan of the show yeah. right. Daniel Fraser you left streaks on my window <laughs> <laughs> that was his dad alright okay, All right, okay. Right. <laughs> 
He doesn't. Well, Daniel doesn't even do my windows. Daniel doesn't even listen to the show anymore. <laughs> That's exactly. He's too busy shagging. No, he's Sorry. too tired of us taking the piss out of him. <laughs> okay. in the yeah. Right. So he finally got a shag. <laughs> <laughs> That's sure. It's no going to shit. Right. Uh, Jeremy Bullock says, yes, I wouldn't want them to not to have non-livable wages. I think that was... I think he was trying to satirise leftists there. <laughs> Maybe not, but that's right. Continue. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival was one of the greatest events on earth. Uh, the website begins. Okay. It's made that way by its workers who spend weeks putting up with low pay and grueling conditions while events companies... <laughs> Wait a okay. second. Okay, oh, no, that's a great story. It's made that by its workers, right? Who the fuck would come from the other side of the world to watch somebody sweeping the floor, right? Or serving a pint, or, you know, doing the lights, or moving furniture around? That's not why people are coming here. They're coming here to see the acts. Okay, well, okay? the act the acts presumably are some of their workers. But okay. this uh, low pay and grueling conditions, right? I would love the comedians at the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh to go to a factory in Indonesia and tell the kids who are working 16 hours a day about the fucking grueling conditions they have to put up with during yeah. the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah. Look, hundreds, literally thousands of acts are here. Yeah. That's no exaggeration. That's no exaggeration. There's thousands of comedians here. Thousands of people who aren't here want to be here, right? So if it's so bad, A, if it's so bad, why do they want to be here? B, it's a fucking novelty yep. to perform here. It's even a novelty to illegally rent a flat with eight people and, like, share it and go out and fucking have a kebab and a falafel at 3.30 in the morning, the pubs are open till 4 or 5 o'clock, whatever, to get donations yeah. for putting your show on, and yeah, okay, scum it a little bit, right? I'm not saying that every, you have to love it, but it's basic yeah. supply and demand. Yeah. The bottom line is there's so many acts here that um, you have to... It, it's a novelty to work yeah. here, right? And there's not enough accommodation to go around. Hmm, I wonder that why that could be. Could it yeah. be because the Edinburgh City Council won't let anyone build any flats or houses? It's illegal. They've got regulations on how tall yeah. you can build buildings and apartment blocks. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, just quickly, uh, by the way, by the end of the show, if any of you can come up with an amusing uh, collective noun for uh, a you know, thousands of comedians. What would it like be? A oh, yeah, a gag or yeah, like a an an annoyance of acts, an annoyance stock. of street entertainers. What would be the your collective noun for all that? That for a, a, a plethora of acts. Yeah. So if you can come Most up with that. Most of which, by the way, are terrible. Yeah. But let me. Look, there's two, basically two kinds of acts at the fringe. There are those who are backed by huge um, promoters like Hat Trick, Underbelly. Uh, what would, be, what would be the other ones? Uh, Assembly, Gilded Balloon, Assembly, Avalon. MC. Yeah, these are all big promotional companies who are paying, uh, sometimes paying acts and paying for venues, and the venues cost a lot of money. There are other acts who are appearing, and they're part of the free fringe. They get venues for um, sometimes for free, yeah. or sometimes for very little. And the, basically, the deal is you 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 bring <coughs> comics in. Now, anybody who's a comic. 
or involved in comedy in the United States will know that this is this is normality in America. You want to do comedy in America, you go to a comedy store, you better be able to guarantee that you can bring 20 bums on seats or 30 or 40. That Before you can even get up there, you have to guarantee that you can bring in an audience. So you're basically working before you're even on stage. Here in the UK, um, there are some clubs that will pay comedians and there are other clubs that will say no you, you have to the only guy that gets paid is the headliner you have to go and make your bones uh, doing your 10 minute spot or your 15 minute spot I know I speak from experience I used to uh, do the comedy circuit in Scotland um, many moons everyone ago everyone wants to be paid for stuff yeah, everybody you, wants to you be paid for stuff. You have to provide value to yeah. get value. You're a, you're not entitled to an audience. You have to hustle because there's hundreds, thousands of acts here. So you need to entice people to come. And b, you're not, you're only entitled to the conditions that you earn. Just because you're a stand-up comedian doesn't mean that you're entitled to be paid for being a stand-up comedian. Yeah. You need to provide value to the venue. Now, because people say only the venues are making money, now that will be true. But that's because everyone wants to perform there. They're going to pay you as much as they can for their room. And it's a good thing too. Because if they, they didn't, then there'd be a bunch... There'd be more terrible acts yeah. here, right? Yeah. Now, supposing you decide to pay every French performer. Right now, there's thousands of shows. All that would mean is there's tens of thousands of shows. Because everyone goes... And where does the money come from? The beer's yeah. already £1.50 yeah. extra a pint. You know, you're... 550 yeah. for a pint of beer in some venues what they, do do they then need to raise the price of beer to 650 yeah. so they can pay their yeah. I mean I think and it just that, means that a ton of people will not get the chance to perform sure. here well there's there's two issues here first of all there's the, the, the issue of, of performers I don't think this is where they're necessarily coming from but on the performance thing very, very few people make money at the, the fringe. Yeah. Most people lose there are and lose acts that don't huge. make money. Yeah, but, but big and acts sometimes don't. The best you can hope for is to break even and pay all your bills. I the reason the best that you could hope for is to die in your sleep if Kenny <laughs> okay. Rogers is to be believed. <laughs> so, anyway, the best you can hope for is you'll, you'll break even and pay, right. pay all your bills. Um, and. The, <laughs> The reason then, you say, okay, why do you do it? The reason acts do it is because it's exposure. You know, there's a the chance that yeah. promoters, uh, the press, uh, big companies like the BBC, ITV... You can make a name for yourself. You can make a Many name for yourself. You can win. There's a prize. It used to be called the Perry Award. I don't know who the sponsor is now, so I don't know what the award would be, be called necessarily, but there's an award for the funniest act or the best act at the fringe, and if you get that, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to get on network uh, television. So this is why people do it. I know guys, I know one guy, Raymond Mearns, a Scottish comedian who's been at the, the, the Fringe every year, probably for the last 10 years. I've postered for him and flyered for him. He spends about 1,500 quid of his own money and he, he, he'll, he'll see butt kiss at that. But he does it because he knows that it's... And right. you should hustle so, and make so that's, friends that's and the, that's the act. However, I think the thrust of what the Fair Fringe is talking about is for the periphery. For people, for the students and the uh, part-time workers who are working in pubs and pop-up bars and pop-up restaurants, which there are, again, hundreds, maybe even thousands of yeah, at the Fringe. Yeah, you're talking tens of thousands. And now. many of them will be, will, won't be contracted workers, so they will be getting a bare minimum wage, probably, and maybe some of them will be cash in hand. There'll some be a lot of that kind tips. of... But... but that's the deal, you know? 
And if you decide that you're, these people are going to have to get paid regulatory minimum wage, then some businesses are not going to, some pop-up restaurants, They're many pop-up, are there. just not going to be there. So the job isn't going to be there in the first place. And I don't think these people Let, that are behind this are, 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 you know, consider this. Let's come to that in a little bit more okay. detail in a minute. I would add to that, one of the reasons why people perform here is in the hope of being discovered and things like that. Uh, and I think a vast swathe of people come here to perform just because it's an amazing life experience. Yeah. And they might not have um, set their sights on being professionals or being famous, but it's just something that they want to do. Like, And they might do it more than once, even though they lose money or they only break even, just because it's a rush. You know, I write about theatre and I have done that for about eight years. And I take a cut in work which uh, isn't always fun because it means I've got less money. I save a, put a bit of money aside so I can go bounce about and write about plays. I don't expect to get paid for my reviews because my reviews don't generate money, right? Mm. Do you know how much we get paid for doing Scottish Liberty podcasts? It may shock some of you. Fuck all. Wouldn't it be great if we had a union, like, I, I don't know, a libertarian... Yeah. There isn't a libertarian podcast <laughs> through union or anything like well, that. Well, I mean, you know, let's, let's just start demanding that yeah. you guys pay us a living wage. Like, where are you? Immediately, you're all going to disappear. Yeah, and also, yeah. Everyone, everyone will just start starting up podcasts so that they can get the lucrative min minimum wage yeah. for... Anyway. Jeremy Bullock's kicked us off with a beggar of street performers. Okay, that's a good your one. first contestant. Yeah. Okay. Right, now, let's just... before that. we. Now, the, the charter of the Fair Fringe has seven tenets, right? Some of the flats in Edinburgh during this time of year have seven tenants. Not legally, I should add, but they do do it. Yeah. And who wouldn't? Because that's a good way to keep everyone's I costs I I'm, I'm basically renting my place. I even considered sneakily renting out, like, my... Well, I would have, but Anthony's living with me, you know, so that's that fucked. Okay. So, um, yeah, but I was going to rent out my living room to some, you know, six American students or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Let them okay. eat cake. Yeah. Right, so l enjoy this, right? It's made by its... Workers who spend weeks putting up with low pay and grueling conditions, just like those factory workers grueling in Indonesia. Yeah. While events companies make massive profits, oh no, not profits, mm, from profit, the creativity, yeah. enjoyment and hard work of people from all over the world. Those companies make enough money for everyone they employ to be treated with respect and paid a decent living wage. Do you know what? I would love for them to actually get out the worksheet. I'd love them to actually get out get the out the worksheet and show what the profit of this company is and what it would cost them to implement the the conditions that the fair fringe would like them. Yeah. They say uh, would like them to receive and I bet you it's like one of these things where they say the CEO of McDonald's earns 200 million a year. That's so bad. Like they should distribute it amongst the employees. And when you calculate it, it would be amounting to a few extra dollars a year per employee. Um, so hi to my dad, who's apparently tuning in. We're going to get into Boris Johnson for you shortly. Okay. Uh, uh, Michael Arthur Bruce Bruiser. The nominal cost of. Livid. I think he means living, living but yeah. has been has been made far more expensive. 
by government intervention. The government is responsible for the problem. Totally true. Particularly, right on. particularly rents. Rents are artificially high all over the UK yep. because the government makes it illegal. Properties are artificially high all over yeah. the UK. Um, also, you know, you can't. As I go on at length in my forthcoming book, UBI for and against, you can't import cheap stuff from many countries, many poor countries, because we don't have free trade and that's illegal. There's so many ways that the government pushes up the cost of living. I mean, even saying that there's a, a maximum number of people that can stay in a rented property during this time of year, again, squeeze eight into a living room. Why the hell not? Keep the price down. We are or okay. We're organising to make sure that happens. That everyone is treated with respect and paid a decent living wage. Join us and fight for a fair deal for fringe workers. Right? What would a what would a decent wage look like? What, um, what, I mean, what does I mean, what, even if what, I mean if I'm here, here's what they're I mean, saying. I mean, I earn roughly about I don't know, it's seven pound, just under eight pounds per hour. What's that? About fifteen dollars? I don't know. Let, let's call it fifteen dollars an hour. If somebody. Uh, earns twenty dollars an hour. I mean, is that how 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 much is their life? And what, also, isn't how, how much more decent is their life? Different in different parts of the country, like London. London's got a different yeah. uh, minimum wage and living wage because of the cost of living there. And that so they are asking for staff to be paid the real living wage of eight seven eight seventy five an hour more than you earn, and not only improves it. Uh, uh, Reduces turn staff turnover by sixty six percent and absenteeism by twenty five percent. Well, I mean, I'd like to see where they get the figures yeah. from. Well, that just you know that just means less job. I mean, we've done the minimum wage to yeah. death, but it it basically amounts to if it's not going to increase the standard of living of workers or performers if everywhere has to put up the price of their beer and food and all of their services because they need to recoup the extra money to pay their staff more. So, you know, you you pay them an extra £1 an hour, but they end up paying uh, more than that in terms of a percentage for their basic goods and services, right? Rest breaks. Everyone is entitled to a 20-minute break per six hours work and 11 hours Yes, yeah, that's that's current days. employment that's legislation. That's already in place, right? That is already in place. But it's already in place for contracted okay. workers. But okay, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's in place. We're going for, to come yeah. back to zero-hour contracts in a minute. Equal pay for young workers. Seventeen-year-old workers are just as capable as twenty-six-year-olds, so they should be paid the same. Well, wait a second. I dispute that. I dispute yeah. that. If you've got less experience on the job, you're probably less capable. Let me add to that. How is a 17-year-old to get ahead and get a job in front of a 26-year-old yeah. with more experience? Exactly. Unless they have the right to say, well, do you know what? I'm willing to work for slightly less to get hands-on yeah. experience. I mean, right. why, would I, why would I employ a 17-year-old fresh out of school or whatever with no work experience if I have to pay him eight fifty an hour Exactly the same as I have to pay eight seventy five to the the guy who's been who's done the fringe four years in a row, you know he always yeah. comes back because he likes it. He likes the atmosphere. He likes going drinking at night. He likes the buzz. He likes meeting new people. He likes the, the availability of probably women or whatever it is, young guys if you're gay. So 
that's why he comes back and he's experienced he's worked in different venues one year he'd done a, a, a comedy venue the next year he worked doing lighting the next year he'd done uh, you know work bar monkey and so he's got a vast yeah. range of why would I employ the young guy at 17 when I can get that guy for exactly the same price yeah, so you're basically putting young people at a disadvantage yeah. with your altruism, and, yeah. your pathological and altruism. Youth unemployment in the UK is at an all-time high. And that's yeah, completely and, down to minimum wage legislation. Right. Why would I employ a youth when I can employ somebody older with more experience for the same price? And by the way, I would add at this point, I have nothing against them creating a union of... Uh, and a register and going around the venues and saying will you agree to these yeah. tenants and they will put up a register of all the venues that have agreed to these tenants or they'll just tick a green box and, a, and make a red box they can put the eight tenants up or tenants. whatever tenants one two how many ever tenants there are and they can just rate each of the venues and people can choose to boycott venues that do not do this and choose to frequent venues that do do this. I'm all up for that. They can, but to try and get the government to mandate it yeah. is going to hurt exactly the people they're yeah. trying to help. And of course, the government back it because, as uh, uh, Michael Arthur Bruza has just said, um, government wants you to earn a bit more because it wants to tax you a so bit you'll more. So bring those people <laughs> yeah. on the bottom rung into the higher tax threshold. No unpaid trial shifts. Well, that's just great, you know. You, they won't even let that 17-year-old do a free shift so that someone can find out if he's better than that. Yeah. Now, there's people going to counter, and I know that it happens, right? I know that there are some people who abuse it and say, like, yeah, yeah, come in and do a triumph shift. And all they want is somebody, a basically, a, you know, a, a, a skivvy, right? Right. a slave for a night. You know, you'll do a menial yeah, task that anybody can do, and you'll, they'll get it for nothing, and then they'll say, nah, we don't really need you. And then the next night they'll get somebody else to do the same. Yeah, that does that's go a on. We, it's a bad. It's a bad business strategy. It really it's is. Garb because you're just going to get really terrible staff. Now I'm sure you'll. And you get a reputation for uh, doing it. I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about this one. Anti-sexual harassment policy. Now where has a pro-sexual harassment policy? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Sixty-seven yeah. percent of women in the hospitality industry report having experienced unwanted behaviour at work, including, by the way. It says including, not limited to. So any, uh, so we've, we've no idea what they're talking about. Groping, sexual advances and inappropriate jokes. Well, do you know what? That's against the law. Yeah. And if someone does that, then you should complain against them and they should be charged. Yeah. Um, employers have a legal duty of care to protect our colleagues from harassment. I fully agree. They do. It's a legal duty, right? We want employers to adopt and implement clear policies which seek to proactively prevent sexual harassment in the workplace. Well, I guess we'll just have to get guys together with a little PowerPoint presentation and say, here's where you are allowed to touch, on the elbow, on the small of the back, with permission. Here's where you're not allowed to touch, Tam's breast. His beard I've just been sexually and, assaulted yeah, live on, uh, on, uh, yeah. on Facebook. And also his crotch. So what do you have <laughs> I to I wouldn't go near my crotch if I was you yeah. or anybody. <laughs> it's more cheesy than a... Bu- it's more cheesier than a builder's bell end. <laughs> I think that's what hey, hang on. Uh, we've done... We've done... Uh, we've done fucking... Is, is that basically... Is that's there anything, on there. Is that... Minimum hour contract, right? Yeah. The reason why zero hours contracts... Right. The idea is 
workers should be entitled to know to rely on a minimum number of hours per week to pay the bills right and plan their lives around okay that's for you to negotiate with your employer like <clears throat> they might need you to be flexible they've got a right to give it to the person that's more flexible but more importantly some first of all some people like zero hours contracts yeah. because it does so you're not tied into the job you're not tied yeah, into yeah. the job secondly the only fucking exist because of labor laws yeah. there's so many and such stringent labor laws that employers had to invent zero hours contracts to basically get around them and um, they also want to pay transport past 12 a.m uh, well i mean that money again it's the same thing again and again Le economics only exists as a field of study because resources are limited if you want paid transport pa past 12 a.m they're just going to recoup that another way but you they should just you know they should just make less profit man well okay um, and pay their t okay, taxi well, fares for their for their staff okay they can do that and it does actually mention taxi ta uh, well, tax but what pay. that means is uh, someone won't invest in that business for a start well what it also means is employers will actively seek to get local people which right. may be a good thing but you're going to be frozen out of the job if you come from anywhere out with walking distance of the city centre you know, or you don't live within walking distance so people will just say okay I live in order to get the job knowing that if they live outside the city centre company, the, the, you know, the cus uh, companies don't want to pay that they'll say oh I live in the city centre when they don't you know, in order to get the job. So, it's a non-runner, really. Yeah. Consult on rota changes, that's just a variation on the um, minimum yeah. hours contract. I mean, I'm imagining during the fringe, things are fast and furious, and you're going to have to change people's rotas at the drop of a hat. You know, say, so look, yeah. this guy that we had... Uh, yeah, just didn't turn <laughs> just didn't up. 100% of tips to staff, well, I mean, that should... I mean, is that not... What's the dealio with that? Shouldn't staff get get their tips? Well, no, I don't know. There's a certain situation where if you if you do the service charge thing on a you know, it's something people actively ask. You know, you can either you could probably tip a waitress. It depends on the rules are in the establishment. Some establishments say all the tips go into the one jar and it gets distributed at Which the end is of the night. Shit, by the yeah, because the whole point of tipping yeah, exactly. Is. So if you want to tip a specific waitress or waiter or whoever, you can you can do it. You should do it. There you go. That's for you. Um, if you look at a, a receipt, or sorry, a bill, mm -hmm. uh, or the check, as you call it in the USA, if you get that at the end of your service and it says at the bottom plus service charge, I think you should always question that anyway. Because you go, well, what service? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of paying you for your service for what I'm paying anyway. What does the service charge mean? Oh, well, that's the tips. Really? Do the tips? <coughs> do 100% of the tips? Go to the person who's actually yeah, serving me. Yeah, I've actually me. asked that yeah. before, especially yeah. when I use my card to tip. I say, do you get it? Because if you don't get it, yeah, then not, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you it in cash. Yeah. Finally, trade union recognition. Oh, the left's love affair with trade unions. Unionized workplaces are better paid, better trained, and get more holidays. Employees should allow trade unions unfettered access to represent and organize staff. Well, as far as I'm concerned... You have a right to um, join a trade union. Everyone does. Someone doesn't need to employ you. But the idea that unionized work, at least in the private sector, are better paid. Um, look, you cannot increase the value of someone's labor by a minimum wage mandate or by 
uh, a trade union rule that says Right, if your labour is worth £7.50, it doesn't matter how unionised you are, no one's going to pay you £8.60 for it, because you're, you're only making them £7.50. Now, yeah. if the unions insist that none of their members can work at £7.50, it's just like a £8.60 minimum wage. No one that, whose labour is worth under the mandated... So, it does mean that unionised workers are better treated, but at the same time, people who are not members of the union might be getting worse treatment. Now, I'm for the right to unionise, and I'm for the right to strike, but, you know, your employer has a right to decide... Um, if he wants to employ you. If he wants to employ you. And, you know, as I've said before on the show... Before we had, you know, um, welfare state, unions used to provide the unemployment benefit to their members. You know, that's good. They used to help. And because they were providing their members with unemployment benefits, they also helped their members find a job because it served them well to get that member back working and paying yeah. union dues instead of taking money out their pocket. Another positive influence of unions on the market is if they've got many employees across the sector, they can make sure that everyone's getting paid about what the going rate is and they can help spread information. But I don't like this um, government mandated membership to unions and as uh, pressure groups. Yeah. So, yeah, and, um, and if anybody thinks you know government makes good, according to Ula Landry, she's told us that according to the Oregon laws, her 16-year-old son is not allowed to use a shovel, a drill, or a hammer. So how are young people supposed to learn trades if they can't even dig a hole? Well, what do you think you know? the point of this at all is? It's yep. to make sure that people are completely incompetent yep. by the time that they leave school and then are dependent. <laughs> on mummy daddy government. That yeah. is my conspiracy theory as to why kids are not allowed to work and why schools don't teach any vocational skills whatsoever. It's to make people retarded and dependent. Yeah. In so, the words of Ron Swanson, child labour laws are killing this country. Now if you've been if you've been staying paying attention to the news, yeah. you'll notice that the top news story recently has yeah. been... Yeah, from, from side been, shows to... From fringe shows to shit shows. shows. Yeah. The top news headline has been that Saudi Arabia just bombed a school bus in Yemen. Current reports say 40 dead and 60 injured. Oh, no way! The news story has been that Boris Johnson offended some... No, I'm not even going to say that he offended some Muslims. He offended some virtue-signalling white people who would like hey, to Hey, Muslims think... could be white as well. Who, sorry. So, virtue-signalling non-Muslims. He, uh, uh, sorry. By so, and large. That, my mistake, my mistake. How could I be so, um, so foolish to think that something like people dying in Yemen would make front-page news? Yeah. Um, no. Boris Johnson, uh, Boris Johnson, tell our American audience who Boris Johnson well, is. Well, I think I know, he's, he was our foreign secretary for some time. For some he's, time. A, he, he's no stranger to controversy. No, he's a conservative member of parliament, uh, British Conservative Party, uh, and has been for some time. He, as a younger man, uh, he went to Eton, so he's quite posh. Um, 
He was kind of liked for being a lovable clown, like a hapless, bumbling. Yeah, but he's clearly like he's, a lovable Donald. He's Trump. clearly not stupid. I mean, he was. Uh, I think he was a sub editor at the the Times when he was tw- twenty one. Um, he was. Uh, he worked on the Spectator. He may even been an editor of the Spectator for <coughs> some time. He was a journalist. He's written a. He's written some good books. He wrote a book on Churchill. For example, uh, he's a historian. What, does, what, what did his book on Churchill say? It's basically quite flattering of Churchill. Is it? Uh, he's, well, he's a Churchillian. I, I'm, I think, not, I'm not. I, I know, think Churchill. But it was a, a good book. I'm not saying I agree with his conclusions. Mm. Um, however, I mean, I think he likes to play the buffoon a lot. He's certainly no uh, stranger to controversy, as Anthony says. He has. He has. He's said, he's he's said foot, some. Yeah. He's put his foot in. He's gaff prone. And a couple yeah. of times, a couple of times, he actually apologized for saying something yeah. uh, politically incorrect. Who did he say were cannibals? <laughs> he said that the people of Papua New Guinea. Uh, he compared them. Well, he compared them to cannibals. However, the people of Papua New Guinea were indeed at one time cannibals. Uh, that's just fine a young fact. Cannibals. Yeah, they, were fine. they were fine, and they, I don't know if they were fine. Uh, I don't even know if they were she young. Just me crazy. <laughs> Uh, that was just an excuse for this, you to do that, yeah. wasn't it? So, goat lover. But they were basically uh, they were they were cannibals at one time. Now they haven't eaten each other for rather a long time. Yeah, now. but you know who so, has been eating Boris Johnson alive? For his this? own party. Members of his own party have jumped on the bandwagon to flog him and throw him unceremoniously. Under, under a, a London bus. bus. Under a yeah. London bus. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He used to be mayor of London as that's well. It. He was probably, probably he was mayor of London. Probably mentioned that. Yeah. I love how my dad has exited watching the podcast just as we were. Get, he's a Conservative Party, long-standing mm. Conservative Party voter. Oh, okay. he's back again. He's back again. That man's back again. So he is now in trouble, and he basically he resigned from the cabinet. Uh, not long ago, and he resigned over Brexit. He said that the deal that was made, he could he could not sign up for it in right and conscious, so he resigned from government, and he is seen as a contender, or was seen as a contender for the the Conservative Party leadership and a possible future prime minister. So I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of that in what's what's going on, but he writes he has began to write a column for the. Sunday Telegraph, which is a conservative-leaning newspaper, it's not part of the Murdoch Group, and it's uh, it's one of the only, uh, in fact, it's the only broadsheet newspaper left in the UK. He has now got a Sunday column, which he's paid over a hundred thousand pounds a year. What a to, year to do! Privileged, yeah. rich. <laughs> and in that column, he was discussing the burqa and the the hijab, or hijab, hijab. and the niqab. Uh, these various <coughs> forms of Islamic dress, and in it he said that if he was a, he was talking about a private place, whether it be a bank or a shop or a theatre. He said I would, uh, you know, feel perfectly within my rights to ask somebody who quote looked like a pillar box or a post box uh, to take off their their, their burqa, you know. No, there you go. Some people thought it was funny, and but a lot of people got outraged by that. They say that you know the, one of the favourite words of the left here in the UK at the moment is Islamophobia, and another bullshit, offensive. bullshit phobia that the left invented. Wait, wait. Let's um, take a moment to just break that down, right? Okay. Um, Islamophobia. First of all, a phobia is an irrational fear. 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 It's fear. a clinical condition as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, a 
Could it be that some people just don't like Muslims? Do you have to call that like a phobia? Some no, it can be just prejudice or hatred or bigotry. And it's like, it could be prejudice or hatred or bigotry. Yeah, that exists. Or people could maybe think that they like to be around people who look like them. Or people could maybe, which is racism, I guess, but yeah. it's not a fucking phobia. Yeah. And um, also, your point, right, yeah. about... Well, look. But he also flippantly remarked that it looked like a bank robber. You know, right. if somebody was looking like a bank robber, you know, you'd, you want look, them to, to, to show their face. Many, so that's what like, he said. And people were outraged. Not outraged about people being bombed and blown to bits in Yemen, <laughs> but they're outraged about people being butt hurt over this comment. The majority of whom, by the way, are not Muslims. I know that's who are, who are Who are really it's outraged just a bunch about of this. sucking up. Some yeah. kissing fucking ass. Yeah. Right? So, I, one, one conservative, many conservatives have actually called for him to be expelled from the party. You, and like, one guy, Dominic Grieve, a peer, a lord of the realm, has said, if Boris Johnson's not expelled from the Conservative Party, he's going to leave. Right. Oh, oh no. no! Oh, oh no. Dominic! Lord Dominic, grieve, please. We'll be aggrieved if you leave us. Oh, where will he go? He's talking shit. First of all, he's going nowhere, okay? But even if he does go, who cares? I never even heard of Dominic grieve until he said that. Maybe that's why he's doing it. Of course it's why he's doing it. And he probably dislikes Boris Johnson anyway, for whatever his reasons. Um, This guy, grieve, is probably another... You know, faux conservative. You know, somebody who's somebody who's lurking around the Conservative Party when they're real. Yeah, just because they're from a privileged background, not yeah, for any. Exactly, fucking... they're fucking they, furniture. They, they Basically, love, that's what love, he is. He's furniture. They love to. Um, they love to live up to the stereotype of what a conservative is in Great yeah. Britain, which is a monocle wearing yeah. supervillain suit full of bugger all, as uh, Ben Elton who, used to call them. Yeah, who can't actually relate with regular human beings um, so <clears throat> yeah so he's, 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 he's under fire and what they want him to do is basically make apologize. a grovelling apology. apology but you know what happens when you apologise to pe- these people yeah. they double down it starts a feeding frenzy a they, dog pile they will stick they the boot in eye. even harder you never, once you apologise ever ever apologise to people as soon as you say oh sorry I, I shouldn't have said it they go well you should have known you know, they, they may bad Lucy. That's yeah, what That's you right. never. It's they're like tigers. They can smell fear, and if you kowtow to their demands, they just push the line a little bit further, and they push the line a little bit further. Now, what is wrong with saying a burqa looks like a post box or whatever? Like, it, 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 it kind, kind of, of does. does. You know, it's it's like, a... and here's another thing. Boris Johnson said that he thought that the burqa. I'm paraphrasing here is oppressive to women and so forth. However, um, he is against banning it. Yeah. I've said this Many of the people who, who, by the way, are complaining about his Islamophobia think the burqa should be banned. Well, I mean, um, what Nigel Farage believes that more than half of the people in this country think the burqa should be banned. Well, so what? I don't, you even know, if it's true. I think what po- if more than half of the people in this country want to throw gay people off of the top of buildings? I know. Should we do it? I, you know, know. I don't give a toss what the majority of the people in the UK actually think. I, I care about what's demonstrably right. right. You know? So... I think the libertarian solution to this is really quite simple. If you have a workplace yep. or a home or anything, you you should be allowed to ban the burqa from your restaurant. Yep. But do you know what? If you want, and this is what you know, 
If you want to have a restaurant that has a sign outside it that says, no Jews allowed, you should be able to do that. No Muslims allowed, you should be able to do that. You're going to have now, to take the consequences. Exactly. Social it, consequences. Yeah, people will boycott your restaurant, someone will open a restaurant up across the street that's saying, Jews and Muslims welcome. But yeah. you still have a right to do what you want on your public yeah. property, private property. Yeah. And the great thing is that the market has its own correcting mechanisms and you don't have to get the government to pass a law telling you what you can and cannot do. That way, if people don't want to go to restaurants with people in burqas in it, they can go to restaurants where burqas are banned. And if you don't like people banning the burqa, you can deliberately boycott those restaurants and you yeah. create an ecosystem where everyone gets what they want. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if everyone could get approximately what they want? No! <laughs> Because everyone has to live according to my personal preferences. We will live in a libertarian utopia when I am king. Yeah. So Boris doesn't want to ban the burqa. I don't want to ban the burqa. Neither does Anthony. I don't personally. It, it doesn't bother me. But if you I know? get a restaurant, there's going to be a sign outside saying no Jews allowed. <laughs> okay. Not really. That's, that means my parents won't be able to come for a that's the only reason why the sign's there, <laughs> to keep my parents out. Well, you could just say Mr. Just and Mrs. Kidding. Summer have not allowed them. Yeah, I could, I suppose. But then they'd know that it was deliberate. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, Thanks yeah. for giving the game away. <laughs> okay. So, right, so um, is your dad still here? <laughs> no, I don't know. If he does, I hope he sees the funny side. Well, all I'm saying is, what, what is funny, <laughs> it's funny... Scottish Liberty, this... but not right Boris Johnson, Scottish Liberty, we're, we're going to be the next Count Dankulas. You know, we're gonna I, get I a... hope so, because yeah. I do really, really, <laughs> really, really want... You want the... to go to jail? No, I want the publicity. He only got a tiny paltry fine anyway. Yeah, but he went to He's jail. He's a trailblazer. He, he, he got, he got arrested and put in jail. You know, I don't want to go there. I'm it far too be, good looking. It would be worth it for me. <laughs> Um, Saudi, well, I'm just going to say that I'm doing well on Facebook recently. My post, Saudi just bombed a school bus in Yemen. Current reports say 40 dead, 60 injured. But never mind about that. Someone has said something derogatory about someone else and their feelings were hurt. Now, that's real news. Got seven shares. and Is so, that good? I have no idea. Well, I don't do Facebook. Well, hardly. Uh, my statuses only sometimes get shared. But what I'm saying is 40 may have been dead and 60 may have been injured, but at least my status update got shared. So... <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, my other recent status update if conservatives had any principles they'd call tax cuts they advocate for theft cuts but then they would have to force people to pay for their own pet projects sorry then they wouldn't be able to force people to pay for their own pet projects like the american empire war on drugs surveillance state handouts to big business for campaign yeah, contributions and what have you uh, also got shares so this is the thing. I, I I don't mean to be silly here, but the other one about uh, Saudi Arabia destroying Yemen also got a lot of shares. But my point is, this is what is on people's radars, right? Right. Okay. I think you were just jerking off. No, there I for wasn't. A minute. Right, okay. My point is, what what is on what is on people's radars is the fact that Boris Johnson said something offensive, not the fact that Saudi Arabia is destroying Yemen with the cooperation of the United States and the UK. United States have Yemen under a blockade. Yeah. I suggest you check out uh, Kyle Anzalone's excellent show of foreign policy focus for the details on that. Yeah. But no one is talking about it because what's important these days it's is someone chosen. saying something yeah. offensive. And we're slow 
I th- What's wrong with being offended? Nothing bloody happens. I think there's two main groups of people making capital out of this. First, uh, and okay, we're talking about. Well, we're talking about, but I mean the, the people who are sticking the boot in. Right. Um, on the left, as you know or may not know, Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the Labour Party, is under pressure to apologise. Well, he has apologised several times, and it's still going nowhere. Uh, because the the claim is that anti-Semitism is rife within the Labour Party. So no. this is so this is now a gift to anybody on the left who say, ah, see, well, what about? Never mind us. What about your problem of Islamophobia and the uh, you know the Conservative Party? Yeah. So they're trying to make uh, capital out of it. On, in the Conservative ranks, there are those who may not like uh, Boris Johnson's, Johnson for personal reasons. And then there's those who see him as what they call a stalking horse, i.e. somebody who's going to take control of the party, become the next Prime Minister, whatever, become the next uh, leader. He's a contender for the leadership. So if they can destroy him over this, if they can keep the momentum going and get him to, and, and destroy him over this and get him expelled from the party, then <coughs> um, they've, they've got rid of him. So his opponents, his political opponents within his own party who see him as a threat can get rid of them. I don't believe for a minute that Dominic Grieve, fuck you too, Dominic. Yeah, or sorry, Lord Grieve. Um, Lord bullshit. Yeah, Lord bullshit. I don't believe for a moment that he's as upset about this as he makes it. And let me make a prediction here in the podcast. I'll bet you that in the next X amount of years, Dominic Grieve is going to be one of these conservatives who's caught with his pants down in some, you know... Uh, compromising situation, you know, you'll probably be found with kiddie porn on his computer or something. I have no idea, but he's going to be. This is going to come back and bite him in the ass massively. And when it does, I will laugh. In fact, <laughs> I'll do it now. Are just you gonna laugh? <laughs> Are you going to laugh when he's found <laughs> with kiddie, <laughs> when he's found with kiddie porn? That's no, I, 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 I don't, I don't do that. Well, he's yeah. going to. Yeah. Uh, this is going to. This holier than thou attitude is just it's disgusting. Always, uh, I had an argument with. Well, it wasn't really an argument. A brief exchange with a friend of mine about the how all these like freaking um, pervs in America and Hollywood were all Democrats and she was like, I don't see how this is relevant and uh, how the fact that they're Democrats is relevant and I went away and I thought about it and I realised that it was relevant because lefty virtue signalling is correlated with being a mad perv and there's a reason for that because being a lefty is all like about agree- about the trait agreeableness, right? And You don't want to rock the boat so you don't want to freaking... Uh, you know, you want to, oh, like, we love people from retrograde cultures that, sorry, retrograde. I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, we, do, do you know what I mean? Are you just trying to take some of the uh, heat off of Boris? I, Is just, that... I just said that deliberately to be controversial. Right, I'm not saying that anything's a retrograde culture. Anyway, they they could not tattletale on people like, um, what's his name, that, uh, the the really bad one that, with the casting couch. Oh, uh, Harvey Weinstein. They couldn't tattletale on people like Weinstein and Spacey because they're too agreeable in personality and they always have to say the right thing. But um, they also need to appear 
good as gold. And you know what? You never trust someone who is always appearing squeaky clean because everyone's yeah. got, I can have a dark side too. Yeah. Everyone's kind of dark. And that's why I like the fact that I'm polite, but I swear a lot and I have a really dark sense of humor. But... Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, beware of beware of charming people. Someone who's charming and charming to everybody cares about no one in particular. You know, so I, I, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, look, Boris Johnson. I've got problems with Boris Johnson as well. Um, well, one for one thing, he's probably a conservative. That's yeah. not really for limited government. Right? I think he may be a bit of a war hawk as well. Um, but you know, that this. Entire thing is it's bullshit. Part, it's part of a wave, and of, it's part of a wave a of censorship movement. of that you can't say that you can't say that. And it, the, the 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 goalposts uh, are, are get is it wider? Yeah, wider and wider and wider for you to <laughs> stick it in your own goal. Because I'm as as uh, Stephen Molyneux said in his cast, you know he's not perfect. <laughs> Who would have thought you'd heard that from Stephen Molyneux? Yeah, yeah. Molyneux. Uh, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Anthony might be perfect. Close um, to, close there's to. a lot of people. So you're going to make mistakes. You, even you yourself, are going to say something at some time that somebody's going to dislike and pull up, pull, pull you up about it. I don't think there might be many reasons for expelling Boris Johnson from the party. There might be many reasons for pulling him up. I mean, the, the, for a start, I think he's broke with some sort of parliamentary law that says when you retire from politics. You know, within a certain amount of time, you're not allowed to take up a lucrative position with a newspaper like that. So okay. I think they're going to pull him up. I think the inquiry that's coming up, he's going to have to face an inquiry over this. I think the inquiry is more to do with the, the legalities of the job that he's taken rather than what he said. But this obsession with what people say has gone into the realms of It's PC of gone mad. It's P it's, no, it's PC gone mad, gone mad. Gone mad. Gone mad or PC gone mad. I've got one more question about the Bojo thing. Bojo for our American audience is the nickname oh, of Boris, Boris Johnson. Johnson. Well known. <coughs> and he's got hair remarkably like Donald Trump's. <laughs> he's got flyaway hair. Yeah. That saying this was a calculated move on the part of Boris Johnson mm. to set him up as a Donald Trump-esque straight shooter who says well, that's, it like it is that's, ahead of possibly running okay. for the Conservative Party leadership. That's, Do you think he did it deliberately to say, look, I'm the one who's going to stand up against this PC nonsense? I don't think so. I, look, I, th that's one of the accusations that's been levelled at him, that he'd done this as a, quote, dog whistling. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, so that he would, it would chime with certain elements within his party and certain elements in the within population the who may well be bigoted or prejudiced or fearful or maybe just don't of, like political, of Islam. Or maybe just don't like political correctness. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and like, he's, he's dog whistling. And look, I'm the, as you say, I'm the populist guy. I'm the guy like Donald Trump who will say what, he'll call it as I see it. Was he saying that? I don't think so. I think he was just being Boris. You know, if... Uh, if he hadn't been prone to saying things like that before, I would maybe say yes. I think Boris was just being Boris. But I don't he think he apologised in the past, but he did not. He's not apologising this time because I think in the past he's maybe said he said some things about Hillsborough and you know. Um, no one knows where that is. Okay, Hillsborough was a disaster in the <laughs> in soccer, as you call it in America, football, where uh, the stadium people died. In a, in a crush at a stadium due to uh, 
a, a whole string of errors uh, by policing and by uh, <coughs> stewards or lack of stewarding on the day and lots of people died in a crush. This is back in the day when we used to have fences around the, the football pitch. This is another great idea from government, by the way. We'll put fences around the side of the pitch to stop people invading. Well, you know what happened? More and more and more people went into that stadium until the people at the front were crushed, literally crushed to death, including kids. Uh, and it was a, it was a disaster. Um, and years later, Boris Johnson made a comment about how the Liverpudlians, you know, love a disaster because you know they they, they, well, they love they love a public outpouring of. And I think he had some some points, but and he he made a comment about a guy called Bigley who was killed by Islamists. Yeah, when Bigley, uh, who was killed by Islamists on a YouTube live on YouTube, and a <laughs> Boris made some comment about that that didn't go down well, especially with his family. Uh, and he apologised for that because he was insulting. You know, he, he kind of hurt people's feelings who were grieving or whatever. And he obviously felt himself that he <coughs> needed to apologise. Uh, and he apologised <coughs> in person, uh, live on radio to the, the, the family of, uh, of Ken Bigley. I don't think he thinks he's got anything to apologise for on this occasion. I certainly don't think he's got anything to apologise for. Do you think he's got anything to apologise for? Tell them to fuck off and get a life. And with, that, and with that thought, is there anything we've got to say to the guys? Got to go, guys. Be like good. Freedom so do for we. themselves, but not for anyone else. Do you know what? That's not true, Michael. Because I want freedom for you as well as myself, Michael Arthur Ditto. Brusa. The left like things copacetic. Well, do you know what? If you're just going to come on our show and be smarter than us, Michael, well, maybe you should get your own damn podcast. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe copacetic. You can, maybe you can call your podcast Copacetic with Michael <laughs> Arthur Brusser. Thanks for your comments, though, Michael. Uh, and uh, we'll get, if you can do that, has anybody come up with any more ideas about what you would call the best we've got so far? Is a what was it uh, of street performers? I can't even remember. It was, it was a beggar of, a street, beggar performers. of street performers. Okay. Well, well, well I think we'll, we should we'll salute you that. because we're about to enter the one-hour territory. Until next time, be libertarians. Don't be a lefty or of, or of uh, whatever yeah. the usual thing is.